Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a podcast all about saving the best and burning the rest. Oh, yes, it is. And we are back, baby. <laughs> it has been a long time. I'm, I'm not going to even be modest and pretend like it wasn't a long time. <laughs> yeah. It's been a few minutes. It's been a few minutes. <laughs> we did do that one-off episode about digital burnout. And then yes. we were like, hey, we should do this more. <laughs> And here we are about a year later. <laughs> Maybe it was prophetic that episode. <laughs> it was, I was pretty burnt out, but I'm feeling good. I'm, yeah, I think we're both in a very different place than we were back then. We're definitely in a different place than we were back when we were posting episodes every single dang week. Yes, uh, yes. And when I say we're back, I do not mean weekly by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, what? Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Oh, do you want to do weekly? <laughs> no. Are we ready? <laughs> no, <really don't. laughs> no, it was, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. We're going to just see how it goes. Yeah. I think that it's important to not have too many uh, expectations about what this will be now that we're kind of nosing moseying our way back into this we're dipping our toes in the tea as it were yes literally and i was about to say physically yeah what's the other word metaphorically 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 mm. metaphysically wow yeah anyway yeah that's uh, a lot of nonsense yes. you, can you can you tell that we're rusty <laughs> a little bit but you know here we are we have we have tea on the table we do some nice South African rooibos. Oh, nice. Yes. Mm, we have a pot plant if you're watching the video. Yeah, we, oh. have, a, we have a video this time. We do. It's, we do. It's lovely. And so, hey, it's, it's good to be here. It's kind mm. of relaxing. And uh, we got a couple of things we want to talk about today that we thought, hey, maybe it's time for another episode of Burn the Haystack. And I actually just want to say one more thing, one more little, yep. one more little preamble before we get into the preamble, before we get into the content, because we always have a preamble before the come. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say thank you. Uh, there was been a lot of people this past couple of years who have reached out and they've been like, hey, when's the show coming back? And yep. like, oh, you know, we miss it. And just telling us things that they got from it. And mm. yeah. And especially last, at the time of recording this, I was away last week at a chaplaincy, national chaplaincy convention. So many people there were just like, I don't know. Yeah, it was so thank you. I just feel so encouraged. And I'm like, you know what? I think it is time. It I, feels right. I think in the years, because it has been a few years now mm. since we stopped recording regularly, I have been amazed by the number of people that have come out of the woodwork as I've been traveling around here, there and everywhere. And the same for you who turns out actually listened to the show the whole time yeah. or, you know, part of the time or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Even just a few episodes, but it's still meaningful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's one of the funny things when you're doing something creative like this, you're doing the thing and then you're throwing it out into the ether and you're not quite sure most of the time how it's received, whether it's received well, whether it's, you know, meh or whether it's, you know, angrily. Sometimes we know if it's angrily received <laughs> yeah. or unappreciated, but most of the time it's like totally unknown and you don't know whether anything that you're doing is making any difference at all to anybody. And then to find out later that it actually did is, is a very humbling mm. experience. So yes, from me as well. Thank you for everybody who've 
been with us throughout our journey, short though it may have been in the grand scheme of things. Mm. But we uh, have a responsibility, I feel, to, you know, keep going with this thing and see where it leads us now that we have an opportunity to sit across from each other. Yeah. Which is not something that we've had for a long time. Yeah, look, I'm touching Jesse's real arm right now. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's just actually exciting to be able to record in person. It's 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 epic. It so, is. And you know what else are you guys going to do on your commute? Exactly. We know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So it has been a minute since we've been together. And so I thought what would be a good idea would be to kind of take stock of things and like the American president from time to time, I, I think it's once a year, it may not be, or once like once or twice in his term, we'll do like a state of the union address where he'll yeah. be like, Hey, he or she, you know, will be like, Hey, this is what I've seen. This is what my administration has accomplished. And this is the concerns that I have with the country. Now, obviously neither of us are a president of a country. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah. I thought that maybe this could be an opportunity for us having the distance that we have from the last few years where we all got mired and bogged down into COVID land. We are a little mm. bit separated from that now. It's not like COVID is gone, but it doesn't feel as oppressive anymore. And so I thought now would be a good opportunity as ever to take stock of the years maybe leading up to COVID and the COVID years and now the weird place that we find ourselves in right now, us personally and the church specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, since we were recording regularly, our roles have changed a little bit. So we get a bit of a new perspective. Yeah. You know? We're both in Sydney now, whereas before we were both in New Zealand. Yep. I'm a half pastor, half chaplain now. So I've got a bit of a perspective on our schools. Mm. And Jesse. Yeah. I write magazine articles and work with authors and get my toes bitten by my dog, which is what's happening right now. Yes. We um, should address the banjo in the room. Yes. There is a banjo <laughs> in the room and he wants to play. He's feisty. He's been sitting at home all day. And now that there are people in the room, he wants to be with them. And so if you hear a yip or a bark or a scratch, then that's him. Mm. Or me occasionally. No. <laughs> <laughs> These days I work for the media side of our church in, in Sydney here. And yeah, I work on media projects, but primarily writing articles for our magazines that we produce. I'll spare you the, the details. Killing the game. Yes. This yes. like banjos killing something. Yep. T- oh, your socks. Okay. Yep. Yeah, great. Yep. Love that. He loves it. Yeah, so I guess we now have a little bit of a broader perspective, I think. Yeah. Not that we're experts by any means, but I just think there's just some interesting things happening around now and yeah. And there is some perspective that you gain with separation from the event. True. You know, like I, I do remember being in the middle of COVID and every single week we were Zooming and we were making all these COVID themed episodes and. Yeah. Well, it just took over every conversation. Yeah. Like not just in the podcast, but just everywhere. Yeah. And now we finally have a chance to talk about other things. Which is wonderful. So yeah. let's talk about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Uh, okay, so let me ask you this, Josh. As somebody who has made a transition from one country to another, from one context to another, with a broader perspective now, how have you observed, or have you observed, maybe you haven't, the ways that we are different now as a church, as a people, than before? Mm. I know that's very broad. 
obviously there's just a lot of people who've just never come back, mm. you know, and I think we all knew that would happen deep down, but it's still sad. There's also like a lot more of like maybe waning commitments in people. Like I don't see that same like hyper committed nature, you know, like it used to be kind of be just with like church volunteers and stuff. Mm. People just used to just go all out. And I just, not that that's gone away. And it's actually, I think it is slowly coming back now, but yeah, I have noticed like a lot of commitment in a lot of people has dropped off. Mm. Those are probably the two, two things I noticed. Yeah. I think I echo that. I'm obviously no longer in a full-time church context. So my perspective is, is a little bit more removed now, but I will definitely agree with the fact that my friends and the people that I associate with most closely have a more hands-off mm. perspective when it comes to church. There's a lot more tendency, I suppose you could say, to be totally okay to just not go to church on a weekend. Yeah. And that's just like, whatever, you know, that's just, that's just, that's an option. Whereas I think beforehand, you know, for a lot of people that was an option, especially if you're in a place like Sydney, I imagine where there's lots of churches and lots of choices and you can just kind of float between different places. But in places where that wasn't previously the case, maybe you just had one church option. It's now kind of like, do I go out or do I don't? Mm. Yeah, and I also know people who don't feel safe going back to church anymore because of the way their church handled the COVID situation, whether it be vaccinations or or mask wearing or, you know, all of the above. You know, people can definitely fill in the blanks with their own yeah. experience. But I, I still... I, I, yeah, I still know people to this day who won't go back to church because they don't feel safe there yeah. for whatever reason. Maybe they've got health issues or they've got elderly relatives and they don't feel like being in church is a safe thing for them. Yeah, or even just how hyper-politicized the world has been, you know, especially these last couple of years. Yeah. That was actually, to be honest, that was a point of hesitation for me even wanting to come back to the podcast or content creation in general because I just feel like, all content has become political. You know, mm. you have to pick a side, yeah. now, you know, and, and everything has to come back to being on that side. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's not really us, you know. We're not mouthpieces for some political agenda. No, we got We did an episode where we had, <laughs> you remember the, re, yeah, Republic versus Democrat. Like, I don't know. And it was just, that's. That, In retrospect, maybe that wasn't a great idea, but sure it was fun. Oh, was I, so I fun. learned a lot from it and I wasn't even in the episode. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. And I think a lot of people got a lot from it. Just hearing, just having a safe place to discuss ideas without it. Mm. Yeah. It's funny because we started the podcast in the midst of the ramping up of that political tension yeah. in, in the air. You know, when we started in, I think it was 2017 or 2018. Yeah. That was sort of two years into the Trump presidency in America. We had Boris Johnson in the UK. We had um, ScoMo here in Australia and the oh. Liberal Party and yeah, like the Liberal Party being in power for so long here. Mm-hmm. And in all that time, now we're on the tail end where the Tory party in the UK is in complete ruins in this point. You know, we had a, we had a, a PM there who only lasted 44 days. Yeah. What the heck? So <laughs> crazy. Yeah. We have Trump, you know, being, you know, investigated for this, that, and the other thing while still saying, Hey, I'm going to run for president again in 2024 <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, we now have, I think Australia maybe has come out of this the cleanest with a, an actual federal election where one party has taken over. Over and they kind of seem to be fairly competent at their job, even if you don't agree with everything that they do. Yeah. But and they both actually wished each other well wishes, you yeah. know. Both and I'm like, wow, that's 
That's really nice. Feels you know? good to be an Aussie at yeah. the moment. <laughs> it, <laughs> does. it hasn't been the case for a while, <laughs> but yeah. now it's it's okay. And and yeah. you know that's not a that's not a reflection on you know what I feel about politics personally. But it is nice to see at least some competent leadership in in government personally. So yeah. no, that's fine. And I mean that's the thing. Like I just feel like everything has become like even churches, especially yeah. in America, have become super political, like, and I'm just saying that as an, I've never even been to America, but just from what I see and like, I was reading a Reddit post the other day of just like, I miss my 2016 church, you know, same (laughs) church, but like just before like all of that, you know, his church became a political mouthpiece or whatever. And I was like, dang, yeah, that would be hard. And it's happened here. It has happened here, but just, I don't think as extreme. No, thank goodness yeah. for that. And yeah. it is true. It's it's kind of funny as I think about it. There was a time where, you know, there was very much a, an awareness that some of us were conservative and some of us were more liberal and some of us sat in the middle somewhere and we weren't quite sure where we sat. But now there's like this overwhelming pressure to be on one side or the other. Yeah. Either to be like super woke or super anti-woke and owning the libs or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, whatever the way, whatever way you would put it. But like it, there's this now, there's this pressure to be on one team or the other. Yeah. And it just feels so binary and it feels so not, not Jesus. Yeah. I suppose. Like if we want to really boil it down. Oh, Hard out, yeah. Like that's the like all the content creators I see who are growing and booming at the moment. They're all they'll have the content, but then they'll have one like part of it will be picking their side. You know yeah. what I mean? Like representing yeah. their side. And I, I agree. Like even even Christian content creators are like like you know they're getting out and they're like siding on all of these same political issues and mm. like making it very clear. And you know I, I don't know I. I get it if your beliefs do align with a certain political party, then that's great. But I just don't think, I I agree. I don't think it's, I don't think it's Jesus to like Mm. pick a side because he's the way Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. This is getting a little bit spicy, but I think like, (laughs) like Jesus is always going to be kind of like that third way. Like the way Jesus think never has thinks and, and teaches the way Jesus loves doesn't always necessarily line up to a political party or maybe it lines up to part of it or maybe even a lot of it, mm. but very rarely would you say like the whole thing. I don't know. No. That's Jesus is no more a flower in the hair hippie <laughs> than he is a blonde haired, blue eyed gun toting, you know, pickup truck driving sort of redneck. Like he's, he's neither of those two things. He is maybe some of the best parts of those pictures. Yeah, well. And I know that I'm, you know, painting a very you know, stereotypical image here, sure, but He's, he, he is neither of those two. I, I do enjoy, I'm not sure if this was N.T. Wright or if this was somebody else. So somebody, if you want to let us know. Mm. But he, this person, always said that the politics of the kingdom and the politics of Jesus is Jesus is Lord. That's wow. it. Yeah, wow. Nothing more, nothing less. Mm. To be any more would be you know, go into theocracy and, you know, the handmaid's tale, but any less <laughs> yeah. would be like, you have to, you have to stop there. Yeah. Wow. Because it's like, you can't be beholden. You can't, you can't either be beholden to or supersede that, which the statement is trying to do, which is to say that Jesus doesn't fit into any one category, but he seeks to critique and to, I guess, bring out the best and reject the worst in, in, in both sides. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, yeah, the yeah. Babylon Bee? 
Yeah, bro, it's still pumping, man. I know it's still pumping. Yeah, do you yeah. remember the old Babylon? Bit? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hilarious, right? It was great. And then there was a certain point when I started to think, man, they're like really picking on like liberal people like mm. a lot. Mm. I, what's going on here? And the more I saw it, the more I was like, the Babylon Bee is now just like a conservative pick on the liberals. <laughs> yeah, of. it's just basically like conservative satire now. But yeah, I agree. And I'm like, oh, but the old one just kind of made fun of everyone. Mm. But yeah, mostly like church stereotypes. Which, yeah, yeah, well, that, that, it was more, a little bit more pure back then. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, that's what I find interesting. And I mean, you might disagree with this on this. You might think Jesus would be this or Jesus would be that. And, and that's fine. Like this is us and we have a shared perspective on this, even though like Jesse and I see a little bit differently on mm. some political things, but like at the end, like I don't care. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like I look at you and I'm like, I do not care. Like we could be, we could be like far left, far right, far left, mm. far, whatever it is. Mm. Like I wouldn't care, but it just seems like all of society all of a sudden really cares. Yes. And I think yeah. this is, this is it. This is where the, the crux of the whole politicized issue is, um, you know, as I was saying before, there was an awareness that mm. we have different political sides and maybe we all see things a little bit differently, but we still got on with each other. Yeah. And I, I, I think that the church has bought into the lie that politics is going to save the world and that if I only align myself with X political party or X leader or X whatever the case may be, that in some way God's kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven through their actions as if they are some sort of stand-in yeah. for a messiah or some sort of stand-in for the the person that will make things right as, as I see them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, sure, like I guess it is wise to, you know, like let your faith inform how you right. think about those things. Like, yeah, for sure. But what I'm seeing is there are a lot of people who have left because of this. Yes. They don't feel like they see politics the same as like their church or their denomination yeah. and yeah. they feel pushed out and excluded. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Do you think on the whole, and maybe I might be leading the witness here on the whole, do you think that we are better <laughs> off or worse off as the church now than we were before the pandemic? Oh, I know that's tough like, question. it's like m making you choose. Yeah, it is. It's, and I know you're a very hopeful person and I'm the cynic. I know, yeah. So that's exactly, that was the first thing that came to my mind is like, hmm, I need to be hopeful about this. Like, not because I don't- <laughs> Play I, I your don't role, have, Josh. <laughs> no, but it's like, not because I don't have hope, but because I like, I don't know. It's really, I find it, it's, it can be easy to be cynical and say it's getting worse, but I don't think it is worse. I think it is better. Okay. I think it is better from like, from our experiences, not across the board, not in every context, and there are a lot of people listening who are probably like, what the heck is he saying? Like my church is a mess after this, like, you know, whatever, <laughs> like sure. You know, but I think it's, I think it's opened our eyes to the reality of the radically changing world around us and the possibilities in front of us too, ah. you know? And I think that's a very, and like that's happened for everybody, but because it's happened for everybody, it's happened for the church too. You know what mm. I mean? Like we're not lagging behind because we experienced it at the same time. Interesting. I guess I, I, I see your point in the sense that beforehand, when you rock up to church on the weekend and something monumental had happened, people would go, oh yes, such and such happened, you know? But then you would kind of be like, okay, we'll just move on. We're gonna do mm. our own thing. Whereas mm. now we're a lot more engaged for better or for worse of what's happening. 
Yeah. Although, although I will say in some senses there's an awareness but not an acknowledgement. What do you mean? Okay. So I mean that everybody, it's like the elephant in the room mm-hmm. where everybody's aware of the things that are happening, but we're still trying to cling on to the way things were. Oh yeah. Well, I think that it's kind of true of everybody too. Like I mm. think everybody kind of wants to just go back a little bit. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody's mm. kind of like, I just remember before all this, you know how easy it all was, you know? <laughs> like there's always going to be parts of even just raw nostalgia. Mm. Um, mm. For the world pre, well, even pre twenty sixteen, <laughs> whatever you know, like <laughs> yeah, like when but, things were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I think ultimately, we are moving to a better place. I think it's made us a bit more flexible mm. by force, not by <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, as a whole, like individual churches, but also like just as a as a system. I feel like. You know, for me, like, I guess a frustration as a pastor, and I mean, I'm not having a go at anybody really, but a frustration as a pastor, I felt like I couldn't really like innovate Mm. unless I had a really, really, really great idea. Mm. Whereas now I feel like, this sounds terrible. I can go with a kind of mediocre idea that it's like, I think this would work and I think this would benefit. It just requires us to change this. And I feel like people would be more open to be like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Whereas I think before mm. I felt like everything was such a fine-tuned machine mm. that any any introduction to new was like, oh, no, that could upset the balance of everything. But people mm. are kind of like, well, everything's already in turmoil. Let's throw another thing in there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I kind of feel like it's it's been good for that. that just that's accept really that thing. That's what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. But I've also changed contexts mid- Yes. So maybe you that's know. true. But I even felt that at my previous church in New Zealand, I felt like when COVID happened, they were a lot more open to just like, oh, we don't know what to do. Can we just try it? Let's try this. Let's mm. try this. Even if mm. my ideas were like, I've only sort of got half of the idea, but I, you know, you know what I mean? It just felt like it, that's what, kind of what I felt like people were more open to those sort of things. That's, mm. that's really interesting. I think. Have I think, you experienced the opposite? No, I don't think I have. I'm not going to okay. push back on that because I think I, I've never thought about it in those terms, but I mm-hmm. think you're right. As young pastors, we were often very frustrated by the institutionalized attitude toward innovation and mm. the resistance toward doing anything new. Yeah. And we talked about that a hang of a lot. I think there's in- a couple of episodes <laughs> but in the backlog about it. I don't, yeah. Uh, but now- I think you might be right. I think that we've gotten over that maybe a little bit. I think, you know what I think is part of it is the institution has recognized how fragile it is really. Mm. And that we have all these systems and procedures and we have this extremely convoluted network that is the institution of the church. I mean, in our context, you know, we have an international organization and made up of many different levels of bureaucracy and we, through COVID, have realised how fragile many of those entities are to things like pandemics and wars and, and famines and, and things like that. I mean, yeah. the last World Church big get-together a few months ago now had to go through extraordinary lengths to make it so that certain delegates could vote electronically. And yeah. that was something that actually had to be ratified in policy because there was no precedent for it. And we had a lot of people that went over to America because that's where we usually have these things. And they were able to be delegates in person at this big session, but many, many more mm. were online. And, and that was something that the church had to do that it's never had to do before. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. Interesting. Like even at this chaplaincy convention I was at recently, because, you know, when chaplains are away from their school for like a whole week, it's like, so what are you guys doing for chapel this week? <laughs> you know, while you go, it was like a real topic. And it was amazing. Like there were a really good few who were like, oh yeah, we just recorded an online chapel this week. Mm. And they were excited about it. For them, it was like a fun retro thing to yeah. go back and do an online chapel, you know, like, and I was like, that's so, I feel like if you tried that three years ago, yeah. like, oh yeah, we're all away. So we're, everybody just watch a video. Yeah. You would have been like smashed for it. They would be like, what? Like, why are you being so lazy or whatever? Like, I literally had a chaplain today email me and asked me to make him a f- an eight minute video <laughs> for his chapel, yes. his little school in Invercargill. You Ew. know, it's fantastic. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be another very broad question. Okay, mm-hmm. so we can just attack it however we want. Okay, lessons to be learned from for now, like for the for the time that we're in now. If there are any lessons to be learned, have we learned them? And I know we we may have, we've we've probably gone over a lot of this. Yeah, but I think that your point of innovation is now much more of a an accepted thing. Mm. I think that's definitely something that we have learned, and it, I was. I was writing that question very cynically, but you have opened my eyes to the fact that that is, maybe there's a little less yes. cynicism. Win. Yeah. Win for positivity. My, win, win the question the, was, what? no, there have been no lessons. <laughs> We've learned nothing. We failed everything. We failed. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, look, I'll, I'll be, I, I think there's still more we could learn, but I think, uh, I don't know. The ship's kind of sailed from this last pandemic on learning lessons from that. I think it's a bit too, well, like not, well, yeah, there's more data to come in. And when data comes in, that's always like, a, Ooh, data, you know, like, but I think I would like to see us getting better at learning lessons from things that have gone wrong or things that have gone right. Mm. And, you know, I mm. don't think we have great systems for that always. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. do really well, but sometimes not mm. as a system, local, some local churches, some local schools do it really well, but I don't know about current lessons. Yeah. I feel like unqualified. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I need to say. We are the say. most qualified people to be talking in this yeah. particular podcast. You have a notepad. Well, That's how qualified. I'm my, I'm asking questions so that you can talk. Oh, okay. Like I'm the expert. <laughs> Josh, when you did your PhD in COVID-19 pandemic response for the church, what did you find out? No. Okay. Look, here's, here's one thing that I've been thinking about. Was the church, in your opinion, too hasty to go back to in-person or what are your thoughts on that? I have an opinion, but I want to hear your opinion before I stomp all over it. Yeah, I could never talk about my local one. Yeah. We weren't hasty. Okay. We were were very cautious about it. Okay. Probably waited too long. Oh, really? To be honest, yeah. Waited too long? Probably. Like we could have met together earlier with like some- restrictions, but we just felt that meeting earlier was going to like affect the community, like our culture as a church. And so Mm. we chose to prolong it in order to, when we came back, it would be like back to normal, as much of a back to normal as possible. Okay. Whereas other churches who came back with various restrictions and it was just Mm. some churches that worked, but I don't know. What do you reckon? Well, I remember being a pastor of two churches, one of them was a country church. The other one was like inner city church plant. And the church plant 
took longer to come back than the rural church. And I think there were many reasons for that. Some people in my rural church were not super phased by COVID. And and that's, you know, fairly par for the course in most churches. But then there were just some people who were super isolated and just want to come back. You know, Mm. like they wanted to see their friends again. I can understand that to a degree. I was surprised to see how many churches just wanted to get back to the way things were before. And that's a, that's a phrase I heard a lot, yeah, like getting together with pastors and they were just saying, oh, I just can't wait for this to be over so we can get back to the way things were before. And I kept on thinking in my in my mind, is, is that what we should be aiming for? Should we be going back to the way things were? Should we just like pretend like this was a blip and we can just go on with our lives. We've just hit the pause button. Now we're going to hit the unpause mm. button and we're going to resume the tape. Yeah. Is that, is that the healthiest thing? And, and you know, obviously I can't speak to every single context, but one thing that I did find in the church plant that I was a part of was that people appreciated some of the time that they were given off on Sabbaths, on the weekend service, those people who were, you know, regular contributors to the church so they could spend it with their family. For some people it was lonely and, you know, that was, that was not, not great. And, but for others it was, Hey, I got to sleep in today and I got to have a meal with my family Mm. rather than rushing home at two o'clock in the afternoon and then just completely wasted for the rest of the day. And so we as a church, I think we talked about this way back when, decided for a season to not meet together physically as a church for one month out of one, one week out of the month. Wow. And to my knowledge nowadays, they've gone back to every single week. Okay. But I think for that season, it was really good for us as a church to mandate that rest for, Mm. for our people. So I think that, you know, everything has its season and I think that there's definitely lessons that we could have learned that we didn't, but I am encouraged by some of the things that different people are doing around, around that. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Mandated rest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mandate is probably a trigger word for some people, (laughs) I'll be honest. Yeah. That's a cool idea though. Yeah. Mm. Would have been awesome. Mm. Yeah. I mean, as a pastor, man, it was right revolutionary to be able to just stay with my family for the day. And if you, yeah. if you were smart, like a lot of us were, were, were clued onto the fact that if you did a lot of your prep work for the live stream or whatever, then a lot of the work was done on the day itself. And so you could actually, you weren't like super stressed out. Like oh, I yeah. was, I was going from one Sabbath school to a church service to like a, a little mini afternoon program, but most of the work was already done. And so it was, it was oh, sweet. Yeah. We pre-recorded everything. Yeah. So Sabbath, you just watch. Yeah. Bizarre. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, for like months. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will admit I was constantly weirded out by bowing my head and closing my, closing my eyes to watch me pray <laughs> on the screen. That was, I never got, I never got past that. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or like sitting there, like with my family, all watching me preach for 30 minutes. Like, like, I'll be like, do we have to watch this? You know, like. (laughs) That's so cringy. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like like, uh, listening to yourself on a podcast or something. (laughs) Awful. Like that. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Have there been any other trends? Well, I, 
I think that there was this big push. Oh, we're all going to live stream. We're all going to do online church. We're going to do a hybrid thing. Mm. We're going to we're going to have like a way to for people to connect online and then we're going to put them into small groups wherever they are and then we're going to minister to them and disciple them there. And I was really really excited for that. And I apologize if anybody is currently doing that and absolutely slaying in their local church. But from what I could see, we kind of dropped that idea as soon as we could go back to in-person <laughs> gatherings. Yes. It's like, that's too much effort. If actually. anybody is slaying it, please let us know. Like we would yeah. love to hear all about it. But yes. yeah, I agree. I heard lots of people with lots of ideas for hybrid and they've all yeah. imploded and they've just come back to regular. I, I, I am sad to see some churches where the live streaming equipment is sitting there gathering dust nowadays. Oh, really? What, yeah. n- that is the minority. I should yeah, preface. Yeah, okay, yeah. That is I was the like, minority. I don't know any, but yeah. But mo- for the most part, I am su- super happy to see that people are just generally still live streaming their services. Yeah. That's a pretty minimal thing. You just hit a button. Most people just have like a stationary camera. Mm-hmm. Some people have multicam. That's really cool too. But it is cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's good. It's like a simple thing. But- it's also kind of, I don't know, that maybe this is a different episode, but it's kind of clogged our digital presence. Right. Because people are like, oh, like YouTube's a great platform. I'm like we're on YouTube. We put all our church services on there. I'm like, yeah, but it's not really like yeah. using the platform how it's designed. Yeah, you know, and that is A true. lot of churches don't feel like they have capacity to add any more to that. And I'm like, that's a shame. Like YouTube, you can do a lot of awesome things as a church with a YouTube channel. I, I always found Facebook to be a more successful platform for that sort of thing, as cringe as Facebook is. But <laughs> it is cringe. <laughs> At least it has an inbuilt social function that allows people to more easily engage with the service. Yeah. I mean, like most people probably have a YouTube account at this point. But you're not going to be commenting next to X Dragon Slayer seventy three <laughs> going praise the Lord, thank you X Dragon Slayer, yeah. <laughs> and then X X Crypto Bro like hey click in this link to get crypto or whatever just like oh man oh uh, yeah no ruthless well, yeah can we talk about the people that we lost along the way? I'm not talking about like people who died from COVID. Oh, okay. I was like, bro, this is, this is heavy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that quick left turn that just yeah. hit the handbrake. No, I'm, I'm talking about, we've mentioned it a few times, but the people who haven't come back. Right. Now we read both read an article recently by a publication talking about the young adult youth retention rate because they've just had some meetings over in America and released a whole bunch of data because we like to do data and, and that's that's really cool. But unfortunately, sometimes what data reveals are the ways that we are kind of not hitting the mark mm. as a church. And one of those, did you have something to jump in? I do. Yeah. Like I, I should add a pro from COVID yeah. is that we're actually keeping better data now. That's because our, I mean, and even like tithe and e-giving and right. stuff has gone up in a lot of places just because it's easier. People have realized how easy it is to give online and mm-hmm. so they just set it up regularly and all that kind of thing. So that's been really positive. But also just our membership mm-hmm. records have gotten way better because a lot more churches have swapped to electronic records and all that kind of thing. So, Which is a good thing and a bad thing. Well, I'd say it's more of a good thing than a yes, bad thing. But yeah. it's a good thing. It's a good it's- but sad thing. Uh-huh. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. It's a good thing yeah. because it's more accurate. It's yep. a bad thing for certain people because 
in some ways the records that we've had up until this point have been revealed to be not 100% accurate. Oh, yes. When it comes to things like membership and when it comes to things like, well, I think it's mostly membership. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's actually all around good because it shows us where the problems are and we can fix right. them, you know? So one of those That's problems- why I'm viewing it as this like raw data is good. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the challenges that this, this data has shown is that our young adult retention rate is- possibly the worst that it's been for quite some time. We can chuck some links in the in the show notes so people can read those stats for themselves. But the article that I read that I shared with you is called Why Are They Leaving? And it's all about some of the reasons. I think it was by Dr. David Trim. Yeah, I was just going to check. It's on Adventist Review. And yes, Dr. David Trim, who is the Director of the Office of Archives, Statistics and Research at the General Conference of so the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Relatively important sounding. Yeah, that's a hectic job title. <laughs> sorry, yeah, anyway. That's, I am the Director of goals. Archives. I love it. Anyway, all right, sorry, yeah. I'll stop. Okay. Well, no, it's so uh, the, 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 the data is showing that for although people who are joining our church, there are, there are a, a good chunk of those are leaving. And that, mm. that trend has been, if you want to let us know the actual yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, stats, that would be amazing. Continue talking. I'll, I'll throw the stats out when I find them. So look, to be fair, this has been a trend that has been going on for some time. I believe at least in the Western church, that has been the case. Our loss rate in the last 50 years is 41%. That does not include deaths. Okay. So for every 10 people who come into the church, four of them leave. Yep. So that is, that's sort of. That's the data from the last 50 years. Which is better than some churches, I will say. I have heard of some other churches who have had at least a 50 or 60% loss rate, which obviously is is pretty serious as well. Mm. But we are a global church. We are a church that is made up of many different cultures and many different peoples from many different walks of life. And the church in the West is certainly one of the smaller, I guess, demographics in that. Well, this is global data. Right. Not just the West. Sure. So- yeah. yeah. And it actually says here that 62.5% of those 41% are young adults. Okay. When they leave. Okay. Or, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. so a large Continue. proportion. Yeah. Yeah. A large is. proportion. And so that begs the question of why. Right. And, mm. you know, as I don't even feel like I can call myself a young adult anymore. You're not 30 yet. I am 30. Oh, true. <laughs> so am I. We're on the cusp. We're on the cusp. <laughs> this is no longer a youthful podcast. This is a retiree's podcast. This is where. Know. This is why I'm getting more cynical and. Uh, you, you were always cynical, yeah, Jesse. Okay. Don't try and play All that right, card. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this begs the question: Why are they leaving? Right. Yeah. And look, I'm sure that the reasons are myriad, but you know, I think we can only speak to our context and where we are. I have seen in my context, young adults who just feel like the church isn't a safe place for them Mm. anymore. And of course, there are many different reasons for why they think that is, whether it be issues of gender identity or sexuality, whether it be the whole COVID craziness thing, feeling like, you know, the adults that they looked up to don't really have their best interests at heart or whether it it be any other reason. Irrelevance. People feel that their church is irrelevant to them. I mean, is it 
is it is it too controversial to say that some churches are just boring? I mean, it may be controversial, but it's probably also true. Like, I, you know, like it's it's a reality. People are just like not getting anything from their local churches sometimes, and the church. I don't know. Some churches aren't even trying. Well, that's what it feels like. Yeah, right? and and it feels yeah. It it almost is a Herculean task for church to be boring in my mind because what we're what we're selling if if we're selling a product selling air quotes yeah yeah is the most exciting story ever told legit how how do you make it boring <laughs> it boggles how my mind how are people not excited when they preach about it or like when they do a Bible study but I don't know like I don't get it maybe I'm just an excited person but I'm just like guys you are an excited person thanks. I say that in the most mellow tone ever, but yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but it's, you, it, you're completely it, right. It's, yeah. No. How? Yeah. And, and when I go into a church, it's not like I, me personally, if, if you guys know me, my personality, you'll have figured out that I'm not the sort of person that wants to go into a church and just go, woo, <laughs> like, let's, 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 I don't know, throw some balloons up in the air and throw confetti. And yeah. I, I don't know, like, that's not me, but I still want to be moved by the story of Jesus mm. because the story of Jesus still moves me. Yeah. And like the church is the place where the story is told and where we celebrate and where we live together as this new creation people of following Jesus. And yet a lot of the time <laughs> it's almost like what Jesus speaks about, like, you know, whitewashed tombs in, in some ways. Yeah. And that feels wrong. That feels deeply wrong to yeah. me. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that good old Australian TV ad about Doors Warehouse. It's like, doors, 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 sliding doors, opening doors, whatever, fly screen doors. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, this guy's so excited about doors. And then yeah. you go to church and it's like, and Jesus loves you. <laughs> Have a happy Sabbath, everyone. And just like, guys, like, I see a problem here. This guy is that excited about doors and we're not even that excited about the door of life. Oh! That was on the spot. I swear I did not plan that. That was like, <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. But maybe, it's like maybe a- we all have anemia. Maybe we're all anemic. What? You know, when you're anemic, you get really weak, you know, oh. maybe we need to all have like a- spiritually. I'm saying maybe we all need to have a steak. What? <laughs> Yes, I'm saying spiritually oh, okay. anemic. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, well, look, Far be it for me to speak for the youth. All right. I, I am not the Lorax. The Lorax for young people. Speaking speaking for the trees. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah, okay. But I, I do have to wonder what the, the next generation of church is going to look like in 10 years when a lot of our grandparents are no longer here. I mean, in the last 12 months, I've lost three grandparents between my wife and I. Sorry I've, to hear that, man. Yeah, no, thank you. And obviously it's probably better that, you know, we've been back here in Australia mm. while it's happening. We didn't plan it that way. But I think I've become much more aware that these people who I thought would always be in my life are not always going to be in my life. Mm. And when I look at the the older people in my church, the church that I grew up in, the, whenever I go back there to my home church where I grew up, I'm always like, hey, oh, where's such and such? And it's like, oh, they passed away. And it's like, well, mm. that's that's the reality that we're looking like and and some of these people, they're pillars in in these in these communities. What is the church going to look like when they're no longer here? Is there going to be anybody to run the show? And um, we should add, David Trim in his article has, I guess, a, what a theory about why he yeah. reckoned about the the retention. Yeah. And 
I guess like putting it really simple, like it's a good article. I would recommend you guys read it. It doesn't take that. It took like five minutes to read, yep. maybe if that. Part of the data is that basically a lot of those people leaving didn't really have much in the way of family worship at home. Right. Which that's what's part of what he contributes to it. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to agree, like it has a part in it. There is a lot of data around to suggest that like your spiritual life at home is the most major indicator of like whether you will like right. re- retain that for lack of a better word. Mm. I have from the book, Handing handing Down the Faith. Thank you, Pastor Darren Pratt for sharing this with me. <laughs> uh, he's a children's ministries expert. We should, we'll get him on the show at some stage. Now that he's in Sydney as well. Um, yes. So basically the studies that they go through in the book, beyond a doubt, the parents of the youth play the leading role in shaping the character of their religious and spiritual lives, mm. even well after they leave home and off them for the rest of their lives. Furthermore, this parental influence has not declined in effectiveness since the 1970s. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty interesting. What I see a lot is that people will send their kids to an Adventist school or to a Christian school, right. Christian church, and hope that they'll do it. You know, mm. they'll have worship at school. They'll have all. And look, sure, that helps. But if, and as a chaplain, I say this, like if your kids don't see that it's important to you as a parent, mm then I don't know, it's less likely they're going to see that it's important Yeah, a school or church, you know, it's just a, it's just reality. And I think with life, and I think for a lot of people, it probably is busy. Mm. I mean, it is, it is important, but life has gotten so busy that it's just hard, like to actually make time to demonstrate that to your kids. And I mean, my heart breaks for how busy families are, you know, like now we're sort of in a stage where to just even to live in Sydney. Mm. Both, both of you have to work if yeah. you're married, you know, oh, like 100%. both parents have to work. It's just a reality. Yeah. There's no, yeah. you can't have like single income families. It's so hard just to make time to mm. like have family devotions or whatever, or like as a family, like I'm not saying it's not important in like giving you a ticket out of doing it. Like, but I just, I can, I can empathize mm. as, you know, that it's, I think it's getting harder and there's more and more pressure on families and it's hard to fit this stuff in, especially like quality time doing it. Yeah. Like often it can just be a quick little, let's just quick, do a quick, quick prayer before bed or whatever. And that's, at least that's something that shows it's got value. But yeah, I just think like maybe, mm. maybe earlier, maybe in earlier days, there was a bit more time for people to be able to have that less things on I, that you're going to every night or whatever. I, I don't know. I definitely yeah. think it's true. Like, yeah. like I read a statistic the other day that said that, Middle Ages, medieval serfs, like the lowest of the low in feudal, like Europe, had more spare time than the average office worker. So these the, peop- the people that slaved away on their feudal lord's land every day for their entire life, the way that their day was structured meant they had more free time than you or I. Really? Yeah. Yeah. How much free time are we talking? Like a couple more hours. Like, yeah. Three, four, four, three, four hours more. Somebody can probably correct me. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's that's just that's just the reality that we're living with. But what I think, I, what I think that you're talking about here is the dynamic of an integrated life, right? Mm. That when you say that these are my values and this is what I care about, that you actually work towards those values and you actually practice those values. Well, yeah, it's it's spiritual disciplines, yeah. but like to keep them, you have to be more disciplined than ever now. You know yes. what I mean? Like, yeah, like getting someone to fit in a, a daily habit of silence and solitude. I mean, this, I've been on a big 
thing with spiritual disciplines recently. So we could do an episode on that. But uh, yeah, yeah, just this whole idea of like, it's hard. There's more and more pressure on us to do things all the time. Yeah. So to fit in those key spiritual disciplines, it's harder. It's like, wait, is that that awesome? Oh, is it Dallas, Dallas Willard quote? Okay. Yeah. It's like, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Ah, love it. Mm. I mean, don't love it. (laughs) (laughs) What do I say here? Love the sentiment. Yeah. Hate the devil. No. Man, what a what a jerk. Yeah, true, true that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's so it's 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 true. Yeah. <laughs> Being oh, yeah. under Satan's yoke. Wow. Heavy. I, I made that up. Mm. No, I, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I made up that it was heavy. I assume it would be because Jesus is his light. So. Oh, <laughs> no, this just comes out of you, man. Yeah. What a pastor. Thanks, bro. <laughs> um, we're like so busy. And I think that's yeah. kind of affecting our retention now, like as a church, because it's like people are too busy to follow Jesus in a way. Oh, it just, I know what you're saying, but when you say that, it just hits me like, ugh, like that's yuck. That's gross. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, why is it gross? Tell me, why is it gross? Is it gross? Because like I don't know. Because it's it's so you disagree. It's no no no. Because I agree. Okay. Because yeah. it's so anemic. Oh. Because it's like I care. Okay. But I don't care enough to do anything about it. Yeah. Man, I'd really like to follow Jesus. Just can't fit it into the sketch. But I don't even think it's that blasé. I think it's I want to follow Jesus but I'm working two jobs, you well, know, like, that, yeah, we shouldn't, gonna, we shouldn't minimize that feed. reality. I mean, yeah, sure. There are people who are like, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, but I've also really want to binge watch this show. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, sure. That's definitely some of them. Like when I yeah. man, talk to high schoolers and they're like, I'm just so busy. I'm like, oh yeah. How much Netflix did you watch this week? Oh yeah. Watch this new show. I'm like, oh, okay. So you're not that busy. Like- you won't find <laughs> the path to Jesus on the road to King's Landing. Oh, 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 I'll tell you okay, that much. Okay. Jesse. <laughs> Dang. The uh, Jesse. Uh, Love yes. it. But no, you're right. I think, I think you are right. It was easy. It was easier in COVID times. Oh yeah. I had more time. I, I read a lot more of my Bible personally than I I do nowadays. My fitness was off the chain. Nice. I had so much time to like exercise, to Friggin read. shredded, man. No, it didn't help, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you probably felt a I whole was lot doing better it. That's about the thing. yourself. Yeah, I felt just like, at least I'm trying. You yeah. know what I mean? I had, yeah. yeah. I was walking my dog every day with my so wife. Good. We walked around the loop of our block down to the river and back. Mm. Got some sunshine. Mm. Didn't see any of those yucky people. That was <laughs> That was the best part. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> sort of. It was wonderful. It was, it was, it was kind of idyllic. At the same time, people were dying and suffering all around the world. <laughs> and that was not a great thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for us, it was like, hey, let's make the most of this pretty rubbish opportunity that we have. And now it's just kind of like, oh, well, that was, oh, that, that's, that's done. That was in the past and let's just get on with it. And let's, let's go as hard as we can and make up for all the time that we lost the profit, the profit that we lost. But uh, you know, that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I still work for a nonprofit organization, so we can't say that. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, well, it's just the idea of the, the lost time. I mean, I said, yeah, in schools, churches, everywhere. It's just like, everybody's just like, we didn't do this for ages. We have to do this event this year. We have to do this. And, this, mm-hmm. and it's great. I love that people just getting out there and getting amongst it again. Mm. But I'm also like, guys, can we just like ease into it a little bit? You know? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Well, I think that's probably a good time to to bring it to a close. I think mm. we've generated a lot of uh, discussion. We've solved a lot of world problems. Wow. Solved all of them. Even. Um, Biden, Albanese, whoever is going to be the leader of the <laughs> UK, you just take what we've, we've, we've put out there and you put it into practice and the whole world will be better. Because mm, we've given really practical ideas. So practical. <laughs> We're full of ideas. You just have to read through the lines of the ranting and raving and babble talk. Yeah. It, it's, the gold is right code. there. It's every second letter of every eighth word. If you put that together, it'll come yeah. up with a really helpful sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan yeah. Brown, get onto that book. Wow. Dan Brown, go for it. <laughs> the Burn the Haystack Code. I'm so sorry, everybody. We put you through an hour of this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is what no. the people want, Joshua. They wanted this back. No, no. It's um. Yeah, I think we've kind of covered the state of the state of the church yeah this yeah. Time. yeah i don't yeah. know yeah 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 i, I think guess. i think we have i like that's that's our perspective that's where we are i am i will say this very much looking forward to doing something else and not talking about covid yep i feel like we can put a nice bow on it now yeah it's i think done. i think that's that's good that's good so yeah. covid 2 we don't want to see you please <laughs> You just stay in your little Pandora's box and you, yep. you just chill there and we'll be very happy for you. Yep. Monkey pox, don't let an episode on you. You just mm. stop right where you are. Yep. 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 Everything, just relax. Malaria, measles, leprosy. Yeah. All the plagues of revelation. Wow. Please no. Please no. Wait until I'm in the ground and then you can what? come around. <laughs> 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 but okay, Josh. Let's quickly let's get, let's quickly tell the people what we're going to be what we're going to be like moving on to. Okay, so it's not we're not going to be talking about COVID. We no, have, we have some never idea. again. Hopefully, hopefully, no, yeah. never, never again, never again, never yep. again. Confidence. Yep. We have some ideas moving forward. Yeah, we haven't finalized these ideas. No. Some well, of them we've done nothing on, but I'm going to announce them anyway. <laughs> so Josh, would you please announce idea number one that we haven't discussed at all? I have a expert on chaplaincy ah, who yes. I would like to bring in and talk to, hopefully in person. We don't mm. have a third one of these microphones. So that's a problem we're going to solve. So I just thought that one out loud. Well, yep. we'll just commit some minor theft and- um, No, we don't, we don't steal things. Can we borrow things? We can borrow things. All right, great. I like borrowing things. Borrowing. We'll borrow something. We'll, we'll get we'll get all together in a room and yep. we'll we'll chat with this expert who shall not be named. He or she, she mm. or he, mm. or them. Z Z will blow your socks off. Wow! Much like banjo has blown your socks off this evening. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the other thing that we have talked about maybe doing in the future, so we'll, we'll continue to talk about, is mm -hmm. maybe doing something biblical, like diving into a, a book of the Bible or talking about a theme or mm. digging into something like that. So that could be fun. Yep. If you have any ideas, dear viewer, dear listener, please let us let us know with words and text and we will maybe – Think about it. Maybe ignore it. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe a bit of both. Maybe a bit of both. We'll, yeah. We'll take half your idea. We'll do half of it and ignore the rest. <laughs> the first half of the sentence, maybe. The first half or of the, the sentence. Second, I don't know. The parts that we like. <laughs> the parts that <laughs> so okay. I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for all things Burn the Haystack. We will we'll figure out our rhythm. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna have we're gonna have to set a new rhythm here. I keep wanting to say something, but I'm not gonna say it. 
just in case we don't keep to it. Ah, well, you know, I think we have space to be able to promise wildly and not deliver on it because we have been doing that for a while now. Yes, but now <laughs> we're back. There's lots of people I want to get back on the show. Look, there are, look, we're in Sydney now. There are so many cool people in Sydney. So many cool people. And look, we're in a place where there are people coming and going all the time. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's a true crossroads of civilization here. And I am fully expecting that a retinue a, a list of guests is going to show up on our doorstep and say, please, would you interview me for Burn the Haystack? And we're going to say one at a time, please. There is only so much that we can do. And when you say our doorstep, he literally means his front door. They will start showing up at your house because that's where we're recording. I assume that's what's going to happen. Yes. Moving forward. Yes. So. So, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be exciting, everybody. This is great. I'm excited. You're excited. We're excited. Big Kev. I'm excited. <sighs> oh, may he rest in peace. Oh. Is he? Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. A couple of years ago now. All right. Well, that's a sad way to end. Maybe we have a high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited for the future, Joshua. Are you excited for the future? I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I've, I've missed this. It feels good. Yeah. It's good, man. Cool. Yeah. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. Hey. Yeah. Oh, I've got to do th- <gasps> that. Is Josh and Jesse out? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Sorry, I was I was not saying that. I was kind of like waiting. I was expecting you to do it. I didn't want to say that. I was. I expecting totally you. forgot. Yeah. about the yeah yeah. yeah.